But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We've been in these three chapters of the Sermon on the Mount, and today we get the title of the sermon today, the most shocking thing that Jesus ever said. And it's shocking because of who we may think goes to heaven, he says they don't. And who we think may be out, they get in. And so this is a be a wake-up call for the church. meant to be a wake-up call for us. Uh, I've described it this way. It's meant to be a splash of cold water to our faces. So that's what we need to look at as this. It's going to be a shock to you today, a shock to your system. Uh, have you ever jumped in a, in a pool of cold water? It shocks you. That's what these words are. It's a shock. So let's stand together today. I'm going to shocking thing that Jesus ever said. And I know you've heard it before, and it may not shock you initially, but it is shocking. Verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And here, maybe not shocking, Him, I never knew you. Depart from me. And we'll study the, the passage. Father, we thank you for these words. Uh, we love all the words of, of the Bible. We love the old. We love the new. We love the red. We love the black. We love all the words that's in your in your Bible. comfortable all the time. And that's where many of us get. We're just comfortable in our lives. Sometimes we need a, a passage like this to come along like like paddles on, on somebody that's died. Talk us. Even let them scare those who are outside the kingdom. I pray that you let these words penetrate our hearts. playing for keeps. We need to see that. You can be seated. Jesus said a lot of things. Jesus marvelous works, some marvelous wonders, some marvelous miracles. Uh, he walked on water. He fed the, the five. greatest preacher that ever lived. That's who he was. And when he spoke, everybody listened. Everybody got on the edges of the Oh my, you can go through the New Testament. He said some great things. Spoke in John 7, no man spoke like this. Jesus taught. So he 
in the Bible are the words of Christ. He said some, some great things. I can give you a couple. I mean, many of you right now would say your favorite verse is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the word. The Lord's Prayer. Those are great words. His, his, and John, John has the I am statements. I love words, but Jesus didn't say just said some things that would make everybody in here uncomfortable. Jesus said some things that would offend you. Jesus said some things that were un-Jesus like things. Things that our culture don't you. And these words might do that to you today. They might make you uh, squirm a little bit in your seat. Jesus goes from preaching to what Jesus said what he says here for me is one of the most shocking things that he ever said. And we've read it, we've heard it, and it may not be shocking to you at the moment, but as we get into it, why they're shocking, understand who he's talking to. In this Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to the most religious people, not, not just in that these people, these, these Jews that are on the Sermon on the Mount that he's preaching down to on this mountain, it's multiplied thousands of people that he's talking to. Religion to them was devout. Get these words. They were pious. They were passionate. They were detailed. They were committed. And out of all the people in the world, the most devout, the most orthodox, the most holy and pious, the most would be this crowd of people. It's almost like the church people we have in our churches today. You look at them and think, oh, they go to church. Oh, they give. Oh. And out of the blue, he fast forwards to the, to the last day. You see that in Not to the time they're in now, not the present, but into the future, in the last day, in the, in the judgment day, when, when they will all. rewards from God. When everybody would expect these people for God to look at them and say, you're my favorite people in the whole world. You, you that way, you, you, you're just the greatest people in the world. I'd love to have you in heaven. Reported in the last day? When these people think they're going to get into heaven in the last day? What does Jesus say to them? Here's the shock. 
The people we'd all expect to go to heaven. And Jesus says here, the most religious people in history don't get in. The most religious people in the history of the world don't get in. That was What do you mean by that? This is a shock to them. And it should be a shock to us. Why should it be a shock to us? Because not here you go, not And it should be a shock to us because not everybody we think are going to heaven is going to go. That's why it's a shock. Because he's talking to those in the crowd. And they're sitting there looking at each other saying, is he talking about me? Is he talking about me? Me? Am I going to be left out? And in here today, religious crowd sitting in here today and you're trying to dot all your I's and cross all your T's? What we need to be asking ourselves as we're reading this is, is it me? I'm religious. I'm doing it right. We're not talking about people on the outside. We're not talking about pagans. We're not talking about the, the heat. We're talking about people on the inside not getting into heaven. Is it me that he's talking about? Because not everybody that thinks they're going to Churches are full of this type of person. And on the final day, they realize it was me. It's better to be shocked now than to be shocked then. Amen. Understand, this is, not a, this is not a sermon that's easy. By Jesus' words, then on the final day. So we need to make sure, we need to ask that question, is it me? So let's work our way through this passage, and I'll, I'll do my best. I feel like I almost tired of the sermon. Is it so let's look at this passage. These people needed it, we need it. Again, this is going to be a, a cold water to your face. Shocking ideas, starting with verse 20, 21. I want to show you the shocking deception. The shocking deception. These people that he's talking to were deceived. These people that he's talking to were duped. I'll say it this way. These people were tricked. They thought they were going to heaven, but they wasn't. They were deceived people. They thought that when they died, They were deceived. They were tricked. They were mistaken. So this is the shocking deception here. Verse 21. Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
So they're saying, these people he's talking to say, Lord, Lord. That's a profession. That's a claim. saying it's just a simple little saying. Two lords make it passionate. Two lords make it open. Two lords make it make it something that, that they're that they're uh, passionate about. So they're saying, Lord, Lord. They're, they're, they're... We proclaim it. We post it on Facebook. Jesus is Lord. They're proclaiming. Emphasizes it. Not just one time they say it, but Multiple times they're saying. They're emphasizing the Lord. This is not just respect. They're calling Him the Son of God. They're calling Him passion. Lord, Lord. I mean, they're saying something good. Good thing. We must call Jesus Lord. as Christians openly declare and openly, unashamedly profess Jesus. Jesus is Lord. We must do that if we want to be saved. You must profess. And how do we do that? You can do that by walking and all. You can do that by, by raising of a hand. must do that. That's a great thing. Have you done that today? Do you profess Jesus as your Lord, Lord? But in the last day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's a problem with that. You see that? They say Lord, Lord. They even believe it. And they think that's enough. They've got the password. They've got the magic words. They think they're in. But again, he says... This passage is saying, look this, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, gets into the kingdom of heaven, goes to heaven. Not everybody that professes Jesus as Lord goes to heaven. Surely if you say it, it's enough. No, because your profession can be false. Mistaken. So how do we know if our faith is real, if our profession is real, if what we say is real. In the medieval times, they would do an acid test on things. Kind of give you a second to rest. They would do an acid test to test and sell the fake gold off as, as real gold. So, in order to, to determine which was which, Gold, it wouldn't do nothing to it. If it was on the, the fake gold, it would show that it was fake. So Jesus here, you, you'll see it in this passage. As Lord, everybody in here does. If I was to ask you to bow your heads and close.
guaranteed you that everybody in this room would have their hands sticking straight up in the air. But the question. Because this determines who gets in and who gets out. So Look what he says. You see what he says? But, oh, here's the missing ingredient. Here's the test. And they live it. That's true. They say it and they live. They have it in their, look, look at this, their Those are the real ones. It's easy to say Jesus is Lord. It's a whole lot harder. It's a whole different. Call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I'm telling you to do. We were at Faith's Mountain on Thursday, and Seth knew I was going to tell this story. She, 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 I mean, she didn't say it, but I knew in her head. She said, Josh is going to tell Faith's Mountain story this week. And she's thinking better. places I've been. Sitting there watching wolves in this, in this, in this fenced-in area. There's seven of them. And this, this park ranger, and I, 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 I kind of want to be a park ranger now. This park ranger came, came out. Omegas, and they had a, a line of superiority. And the, and the alpha was the lead wolf. Calling me Alpha all week, you know. The Alpha. Is, is the one that they all bow down to, the one that they all submit to. And I thought, that is a. And these, these uh, wolves over here on the side started, started kind of gnawing each other and fighting, and the Alpha male comes walking out. At home, I do that. <laughs> the alpha walks in, right? And anyway, those two are fighting over there. And the alpha goes walking up, chest out. Rolled over on its back. All four paws up in the air and laid there until that alpha lit it up. We watched. I took pictures of it. I started making my kids roll over when I get to jump onto it. <laughs> it's awesome. Gracie won't do it. Though. I don't know why. She's wanting to test. Telling the Alpha, Lord, Lord, and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll lay here till you let me up. It wasn't just saying Alpha. He walked around, tail tucked, and just scurried off. Jesus is saying here, it's not just the ones that say, I am Lord. It's the ones that live, I am Lord, that get in.
You see what he's saying? I mean, it's, it's in the passage. But the, he that, look what he says, does the will of is obedience. It's not just what you say, it's how you It's not obedience that saves, but obedience is the proof that we really are saved. I want to say that again so you understand it, because there's so many Christians out there, and I say Christians because they say it, they profess And a guy had a hat on. And on the back of it, it said, Jesus is Lord. And not doing what the, what, what the Lord says, you know. Live it. It's not just your lips, it's your life. It's not just saying it, it's, it's Let's see it. Because true faith, real faith, always leads to obedience. Amen. Doing what He says. And it's not just here that He says this. Jesus is clear on this. John 14, He says, If you love Me, keep My commandments. Yeah. Do what I say. Matthew 28, He sent His disciples out, and what did He tell them to do? That's not just here. The Bible's clear on it. James 2, that faith without works is dead. Faith without obedience is, is not real. 1 John. That's how we know that we're really saved if we keep His commandments. Amen. We must be clear on this. Don't be deceived. There's a whole lot of people out there who say it with their lips, but they don't. Lots of people get turned away at the gates of heaven. It's not just what you say, it's how you live that matters. Look, I mean, you can see it. We need to be clear on this. Truth. Like you are the Lord of your life. And that, that's what many people do. We, we can't with, uh, say one thing with our lips. Romans 10 9 doesn't just say that we profess with our mouth, it says that we profess with our mouth that Jesus is. I say this all the time. lives and if you ain't got that you ain't got true faith Ephesians 6 6 says he's getting at it. in all these things Matthew 5 he says it's in your spirit it's in, it's in your heart deep down within your heart it's not that you don't commit adultery it's that you don't lust it's not that you don't murder people Many will say, and I'll move on to the next point. Many will say, we get kids to say. Hard. I can believe, little Emma, five 
years old. I look at her and say, do you believe Jesus is Lord? She was like, yeah. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, Dad. I can get Isaiah to say, Lord, Lord. I can get Christian to say, Lord, Lord. I can get Lord. Grace will say, Lord, Lord. Many of you in here. Jesus says, saying it doesn't make it so. We live in a culture today that all you have to Many say it, their lives are unchanged, their lives are unmoved. There's no difference at all between them and everybody else. Yeah. Is that you? That's the question. Is that you? You need to ask yourself that. Is that you? Put your money where your mouth is. I said that to Isaiah the other day. He's asked, he said he could do something. And I said, put your money where your mouth is, man. Let's see it. He couldn't do it. Show me in how you live your life. Show me in how you social media. Show me in how you are with your friends. Show me. We'll prove to others and to ourselves. Do not be deceived. So that's a shocking deception in verse 21. Not everybody that's Next verse. I'll show you not only the shocking deception, I want to show you the shocking defense. Because now they begin to defend themselves. Here's before God, and, and he's, he's telling them that they're not getting in, and they start defending themselves. You see that? They say in that day, Lord, Lord. They're still saying it. Look what it says Lord, Lord. Many will say to me, In that They give their argument. Romans 14 says that we all will give an account to God one day. Let me, let me stress that before I move on. Give an account for your life that you lived while you were here. You need to be prepared for that day. And what are they going to say? What are you going to say at that day? Christ. And you're going to have to give an account for yourself. Why should I let you in? And you're you're saying, here's my case. Here's my, I'll say it this way. Here's my resume. Look what it says. They will say to me that day. It's like they're standing before the judge. Your honor. heaven. And they give a long list. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a loud outburst. Here's their case. Here's why I get in. Making their case for heaven. And look what they say. 
If we all sit down and made out our resume for why we can get into heaven, it wouldn't match their resume. Look what it says. It gives us three things here. And I've not done any of these three things. I mean, my, this is not my resume. This is amazing. We can't, we can't match this resume. Many will say to me in that day, that's a judgment day. To preach, to foretell something of a They got up and they have they have prophesied. This is going to happen. And it happened in his name. The second thing they got, I've never done that. I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. I, I, I'm not a prophet. I'm not prophesying in his name. I might have preached some sermons, but I'm not. How about this next one? I mean, if you guys have done this one, I'll be impressed. And thy name have cast out devils. Anybody in here done that? Don't raise your hand if you have. I've got a question. I've never cast out any demons. We've run off some dummies, but I've never cast out any demons. <laughs> Can't get those words back. You know, you're And in thy name, look at this next thing. Done many. What a resume. If we were to look at that resume, and you guys know this, if we were to look at that resume, and they're sitting there saying, miraculous things in your name. I've done all these things. And we look at that resume, we'd say, well, that person's getting in. Impressive to them and to the world and to the religious and to everybody that saw it. But that what matters is not what's impressive to us, but what's impressive to God. Amen. These things may impress others. You say, how do they do those things if they're not real? Well, they could have been lying. There's a lot of people out there right now that say, It's easy to, to make these things up. Matthew 24, 24 says that there's going to be a false cross that's going to come and do many wonderful miracles. Amazing things. I think this was Judas's argument when he stood before God. Look what I've done. Judas could say, I walked with Jesus. I talked with Jesus. Ever in, in, in the world were close. I mean, he had an impressive resume, but it wasn't real. His resume would impress every. Say, hire him on the spot. But he wasn't real. Right. Surely they did it. spectacular works. We've done works, but we've never done works like these. Works that you can do is casting out demons, is prophesying, and is miraculous works. 
and it still doesn't get them in. These things impress us, but they don't impress God. What many, and this is what many of us will do. If I'm preparing you to stand before God one day, and you're going to lay out your resume, what are you going to say? what it says. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have, it's all about what they done many wonderful works in thy name. It's, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's my resume, it's my works, it's my goodness, it's who I am. Me, 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 me. It sounds like a, a song. Me, 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 me. Standing before God. God with, I went to church. May impress people here. Oh, he goes to church every time the doors are open. Pictures on Facebook, not a hundred likes. <laughs> I'm saying we're going to... I was a deacon. Oh, it's a good thing to be a deacon. I won't get you in heaven. I was orthodox. You say, what does that mean? A crowd of people that had everything in the Bible figured out. That's a good thing, but it won't get you into heaven. Let me show you my bank account. Do you see how much I gave? I gave this year, I gave that year, I gave this one. Money is a great thing, but it doesn't get you into I drove the church van. I preached three times a week. Preaching three times a week is a great thing, but it won't get you into heaven. On my computer. He said I got saved. Never did anything wrong, he said. I don't remember ever sinning. Listen to a country music tape. You can have a lot of things. Your resume can be so good. But understand, when we stand before God, we'll all give an account. And they're sitting there claiming that they're prime candidates to get into heaven. And we would think they are. Surely God will let these people in. Surely they're saved. He won't turn them away. But we need to see, and I want to move to the last point here. You need to see, I need to see, that our works might impress men, but they don't impress God. It might make us look saved here, but it doesn't mean we're saved there. The most spectacular works in the world cannot save you. I want to say that again. You need to write it down. The most spectacular works in the world cannot save you. There by the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. on the cross for you. Amen. 
So when you stand before God and you start trying to, here, I'm preparing you for eternity. You're going to stand before God and give an account to Him one day, and it won't be your resume, what I've done, I've done, I've done, me, 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 me. Now don't impress Him at all. When you stand before God, you take your resume. As Paul did in Philippians chapter 3, he said, all those things that I have done and, and me have done, I know that's not right, but all those things I have done, all those me's, all those righteous Take that resume and wad it up and throw it away. I count it as dumb because I'm glorying in the resume of Christ. Nicodemus showed up to Jesus in John 3. And you know what Nicodemus had? A long resume. And he said, how do I get into the kingdom? And Jesus said, you would think he'd say, oh, your resume's great. I think you'll get in. And he says, this is so good. He had a long resume. I mean, he's the most religious man of the time. He was at the top of the totem pole. He was the alpha. <laughs> and Jesus looked at him and said, it's going to take a miracle for you. Media say, a miracle. God's going to have to do something. To save you. Amen. That's how deeply, deeply sinful we are. Yeah. It takes a miracle to save even the best man on the world. Yeah. And some of us have a resume. You some of you've been in church since you were kids. My kids will have a resume. They're, they're all sitting here. They'll have a stand before God one day. And you can write down my dad was a preacher. My dad taught me theology. My dad taught me doctrine. My dad taught me the Bible. He went through all 150 psalms on Wednesday night. And I sit through every one of them. <laughs> put, it on the, put it on the resume. I was in church three times a week. I was in church. Isaiah's in this church seven days a week. Put that on the resume. He's going to have a long line of a resume. He's going to grow up and he's going to be a preacher. He's going to go to church. He may be a deacon. He may be a preacher. He may be a Sunday school teacher. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to have this long resume of things that he's done in this life. So you write all those things down and you take it and you wad it up and you throw it away and say, I cling to nothing and I boast in nothing but the word. Lord Jesus Christ. The life that He lived, the death that He died, that's all that I have when I stand before God. That's it. You have nothing else but Jesus, His blood. But my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. There you go. The life and death of Jesus is my resume. My works.
dung compared to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you show up in heaven with this long resume of the last point and we'll close. Verse 23. We don't just see the shocking deception and the shocking defense. The most shocking words in all the Bible. He says here, this is scary. Faith that they just gave and Jesus said, then I will profess unto them. I have to tell you this, because I think the world doesn't understand. This Jesus that stands at the door of the kingdom and lets people in. Stand before Jesus is who you'll stand before. John 5, 22 says, all judgment has been given unto the Son. Amen. Acts 17. And the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the judge. In, in three verses here, he says, I or me. Is in his hands. The gavel is in his hands. He decides. He holds the keys. He doesn't consult any council or any committee. Judge of the universe. Man. Jesus determines. We will be reporting to Jesus. Will I profess unto them? I want you to notice how that is in verse 23. Same thing. He says it just as loud as they do. And now he makes an open and public profession. As they stand. Know him, and he professes now to have never known. Professing to them, I never knew you. That word never, you guys know what it means. Never at any time did I know you. Amen. They didn't lose their salvation. A lot of outward works and a lot of... A lot Frightening. That word new. Because he knew that. That new is Greek word gnosko. It means I, I was never, never had. 
I never had a personal relationship with you. I was never your friend. known of all the families in the earth. He knows everybody, but he knows personally, intimately, in fellowship. A child of God, they claim to know him, but he says in that moment, I never knew you. Feel the shock of that moment when they stand before Jesus and they There. 10,000 times 10,000 is the woe that takes place. I didn't know you. Imagine that for a second. But he says, No, I never knew you. You are a words in the Bible. Depart from me, I know. Depart from me. Depart from me is out of my sight. Depart from me is out of my prayer. Depart from me is hair raising. Depart from me is not marriage. These are the things you have not married about. You have not married. The real nightmare is Jesus saying, get away from me. Full rejection of Jesus. Get out of my sight. I don't know you. And then he calls them, you workers of iniquity, you lawbreakers, you evil. The lives that were marked by disobedience. But those who do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then at the end of it, he says, yes, you Calling yourself a Christian and living a life of disobedience is an oxymoron. Christian. And Jesus says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. This is, this is it. I'm closing. Luke 13. I want to read to you the parallel passage here. A parallel to this. If you're sitting there right now and you're really asking, is it me? Those are the scariest words in the Bible. Luke 13, verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, for many, get this. I gotta stop that word many. There will be 
before God one day and be told to depart from me. And they thought they were saved. To think you're saved and you're not. Luke 13 again. Verse 2. Strive to enter into the straight. Shut the door. The time is up, and you begin to stand without. And the knock at the door is saying, You see, you see the parallel? They're knocking at the door of the kingdom. They're saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he's then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence. Verse 27, but he shall say, I tell you, I know you not when This is where I wanted to get to. This is when they turn and walk away. When they are departing from the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And gnashing of teeth. When you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets. Will be. I want you to see that point. That when he says, depart from me, can you imagine the shock of that of those words? Can you imagine now? There will be shock. There will be fear. There will be no. As I'm. To that, you're either going to weep or you're going to gnash your teeth. <laughs> you said, what are those two? Gnashing of teeth is anger at God. I know somebody will say something to me. You grit your teeth. You get at your anger. That's what Send me out! Still looking at the resume. Look what I did. He's casting me out and I prophesied and I cast out demons and I, I did and I did. Yes, I deserve this. I'm a sinner of the worst part. And the God of the universe will do what's right with me. And I must deserve this. That's what weeping is. And it will be weeping for all. Weeping, which is tears of, I deserve this. I won't be gnashing my teeth. I know enough theology and doctrine. What's to do with me? And the God of the universe will do what's right with my soul. Oh, I'll weep. Oh, I'll weep for all eternity. Nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to be cast out. So the question is, what are you going to do with this? That could ever be spoken. 
They lived thinking they were okay and died and found out, found out they were not. So what do we do? I want you to turn see in my notes. I marked out some things and added this in. So what do we do is what we've just heard. This is the, the Lord's Supper, the last night before he goes across. And as they did And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. He just went around the room here today and said, One of you, one of you here today is going to be told, Depart from me. I never knew you. You know what some of us would do? I bet you I know who it is. <laughs> I'll see my wife, you know. I, I, I know how she acts when she gets mad. Might be her, or might be this one, might be that one, might be all, you know. But the what, what, Lord, is it I? You say, what does that have to do with anything you're saying? That one's really not safe. That one's going to be told to depart. That one, that one. It has to be with those 12 disciples around that table, did Lord, is it me? Is it me that's deceived? Is it me that my heart's not right? Is it me? Is it me? And if we ask that question, is it me? It's better to be shocked right now than to be shocked in that day. So you need to right now, as we pray, everybody in this room, everybody in this room, because our hearts are deceitfully wicked, and who can know them? Lord, is it me? Is it? Is it me? Everybody in the room, am I deceived? Will I be told to depart? I have no defense in who I am or what I am. Because that's where I come to in my office. As I sit there, I said, is it me? Back in my chair, not in hopelessness. But I said, all my hope is in the life and death of the Lord yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I ain't getting out of here on my good works. I ain't getting out of here on how good I am. So if I ain't getting there by Jesus, I ain't getting there. Yeah. So my hope and my faith and my trust and my eternity and my life now is all in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Who He is and what He did for me upon the cross. So Lord, is it me? And I said, I know. 
in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is yours? Ask, is it me? Is it me? And pray, don't let it. your full faith and trust in Him, you can be saved today. So as I pray, that's what I, I want you to do. Is it me? Is it me? Settle it now. Don't be shocking that day. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for shocking words. Shocking words. And I pray that around this room right now, Maybe not everybody, because I'm sure there's some people in here that say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not even listening. One ear and out the other. That may show Is it me? Don't let it be me. But I pray that you're revealing yourself to them, showing them the true condition of their hearts, their deceived nature, and that right now they are trusting and hoping and putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Him alone to be saved. It's by Christ and Christ alone we're saved. And I pray they understand that as they leave here today. They Please bless this altar call, God. It would be a great time to make a profession today. To walk this aisle and to let the whole church know. Lord, Lord, my faith is in Christ. May we have someone here today that does it, makes a profession of faith today. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name.